When you are free, you live a life that sets other people free. God has more for you than you can ever imagine. Three words, hope, health, and healing. Amen by myself. Welcome to Midtown. We're in a sermon series on the uh, book of Galatians in the New Testament. The sermon series is called A Reconciled People. If you're just joining us, no worries. We're going to reel you right in. So uh, come with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. The book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Paul writes this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. From this text, I want to speak to you on the title, Faith and Freedom. Faith and Freedom. God, I pray that this would be your message, that ultimately you would be speaking and I would just be the vessel, the vehicle you have decided to use to say what you want to say. To these, your beloved children, my sisters and brothers, God, I desire to be obedient to your word. So please let it be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Faith and freedom. The significance of gaining freedom. Now, maybe you've had some significant moments in your life. Just a couple months ago, Pastor Bob and I were in Kansas City. And while we were there, we went to the Negro League Baseball Museum. Oh, this was significant for me and Pastor Bob. Oh, my gosh. You can can see I went shopping while I was there. He went shopping, too. I mean, we were like kids in a candy store, man. It was significant. Maybe you've had a moment in your life, a special vacation, just something that you would say happened to you that was significant. You'll never forget it. It was life-changing. But there's nothing, nothing more significant than gaining freedom. The experience of freedom Receiving freedom, it is the most significant thing you'll ever experience in your life, the significance of gaining freedom. I had a chance a few months ago to meet with some brothers and sisters down in Pasadena. They're a part of what is called Testimony Ministries, and they know something about freedom. All of these folks that I met with are formerly incarcerated. But while in prison, they came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. While they were in prison, they, uh, they, they went to seminary. They went to school while in prison. And some of them received uh, a, a master's degree in theology, in biblical studies, some a master's of divinity. Uh, some of them can write and speak New Testament Greek fluently. I mean, I have a doctorate, but I'm not Numa. That's about what I'm going to say to you. I ain't. I can't like give you like paragraph upon paragraph of me like speaking to you fluent New Testament Greek. And so these brothers and sisters, hear me now, they didn't just gain their freedom. They did something with their freedom. Now that they are released from prison, they're planting churches, they're leading ministries, they're discipling people because they see the significance of gaining freedom. Freedom in Christ, freedom from prison. Uh, Denisha and I, my wife Denisha and I, we went to high school uh, with a woman named Serena Nunn. 
Serena Nunn, after we graduated high school, unfortunately, she went to prison. But President Bill Clinton, right before he left office, he pardoned Serena Nunn. Serena knows the significance of gaining freedom, but she didn't just celebrate that. She went back to college, finished her bachelor's, went on to law school. She's now a practicing attorney in Arizona. The, the, what, what, this, what, what, what these stories are raising is it's not just about gaining freedom. It's about what are you doing with your freedom? Amen. See, some people gain freedom but they don't they don't take advantage they don't they don't they don't see it in such a way that now that i have this freedom what am i going to do with it what am i going to do about it it's gaining freedom and doing something with it to make a difference what are you doing with your freedom some people gain freedom and they do nothing with it this is what paul is getting at in the book of galatians He is talking about, writing about to this collection of multi-ethnic churches, the significance of freedom in Christ. Also, the significance of freedom in Christian reconciliation, not cultural assimilation. He wants them to be set free by knowing the truth and also being able to discern false teaching. He's passionate because he wants the best for this group of multi-ethnic churches that he's writing to in Galatia. He also wants them to understand that their freedom is found in God's love, not God's laws. It's not that God's laws aren't important. They are, but that's not where your freedom is found. That's not where your empowerment is found. That's not where your purpose is found. Your freedom, your purpose, it's found in God's love, not God's laws. So it's not only you and I wrestling with the question, what are you? What am I doing with my freedom? But we also have to, as a church, say, what are we doing with our collective freedom? We are a collection of people set free in Christ. If you have not made this decision, I hope you make it today and get in that line of folks that are going to get baptized this week on Thursday night that you would say yes to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Receive your freedom so that we can have more in this community wrestling together with Midtown Church. What are we going to do with our freedom? Because here's, here, 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 here's really the, the foundation on which I, 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 I hope this sermon sits or stands, is we are freed from sin and we are freed for significance. Let me say it again. We are freed from sin and we are freed for significance. Some people just focus in the body of Christ on being freed from sin. So they just talk about sin and they talk about sin and they talk about sin and they talk about sin some more and they talk about sin some more and people, they just feel guilty and they just feel shameful. They feel like they're never going to measure up. They're never going to get it right because they don't talk about what you're freed for, the life of significance and purpose and mission, a life of making a difference in a broken world. Yes, we need to talk about sin. The Bible talks about sin. I'm going to be talking about sin in the sermon here today. You're going to hear some about sin next week and next month. And we need to focus on that. But we also need to talk about what we're freed for. 
that you are significant and there's a significant life for you to freely live. Now, some people just talk about being freed for significance and people are trying to do significant things without dealing with the sin in their life. So they want to be significant, but they want to lie. They want to be significant, but they don't want to stay committed. They, they want to be significant, but they selfish. So, so we can't just talk about one or the other. We got to deal with both that we are freed from sin and freed for significance. Now that we've got that out the way, we can, I want to give you these three quick points on how to live that out of being freed from sin and freed for significance. So one stand in freedom, stand in freedom. Galatians five verse one says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I said this last week. I'll say it again. Slavery in all its forms point to the dimensions of sin. Slavery in all its forms point to the dimensions of sin, sin in the soul, sin in society, sin in Satan. And we cannot deal with all those dimensions in our own individual human power. It is Christ that deals with all the dimensions of sin and all the expressions of slavery. Christ deals with all the dimensions of sin. Christ deals with sin in the soul. We can repent. We can accept Christ as our Lord and Savior so that the sin in our soul that we can't deal with on our own can be dealt with. Ah, Christ will return one day and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. So Christ deals with sin in society. And when Christ returns, he will defeat Satan, the dragon, the beast. And and because Christ deals with all the dimensions of sin until Christ returns, you and I as a free church, as free people, as a free community are to give the world a sneak preview of what freedom in every dimension looks like what freedom in single life looks like what freedom in marriage looks like what freedom in manhood looks like in Christ what freedom in womanhood looks like what what a free liberated person looks like who's been set free not by their own thoughts by their own ideologies by their own strategies but by Jesus Christ has set us free from the slavery of sin. Christ set us free for a freed life. Paul says in another place in the New Testament, if Christ has set us free, we are free indeed. Now that sounds like, well, well, yeah. If Christ, you know, for freedom, Christ has set you free. Well, yeah, but why does Paul say that? That that sounds like no big deal. But the reason Paul is saying that is because some people who are set free don't live free. That's right. you, you know, that's why Juneteenth is a federal holiday, because it reminds us that that when the Emancipation Proclamation went out, when when slaves were set free in the United States of America, the word didn't get out through the whole country like it was supposed to. And so two years after slavery supposedly ended in the country, there were still people living as slaves and the people that owned them didn't tell them no different. So they were set free, but they weren't living free. 
But the problem is if we don't deal with the unhealthiness in our mind and in our hearts, we can create our own plantations and we can be people set free who don't live free. And, 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 and what happens is that we, 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 we then don't look like what we proclaim. There's not, there's not what they call ethical congruency between what we believe and how we behave. Stand in your freedom, knowing that you've been set free by Christ and you've been set free for something. You're set free for a freed life. Stand in freedom. Point two, secure your freedom. Uh, Paul says in Galatians 5, beginning with verse 2, Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Freedom in Christ, not the law. What Paul is trying to help them understand is that they can't produce their own freedom. That work is done. It's been done through Christ. Now, uh, I'm going to talk about this a little bit because he brings up circumcision in the text. Now, it, you know, for most of us you know, males in the room, that, that was taken care of when we were babies. It's done for health reasons. But back then, this was a sign that, that as a male, you now were in the righteous group. That that didn't happen when you were a baby, so that was a procedure, a surgery that happened later in life. Lord have mercy, I'm so glad it happened to me. When I was a baby, it's not even in my memory bank, thank the Lord. But I want to tell you something. Years ago, I, I, was, uh, I, I was on the continent of Africa, specifically in the country of Kenya, and I was uh, at a, in a Maasai village, and I had the opportunity to see... Uh, a rites of passage ceremony. In this particular Maasai village, I saw the process of how boys become men. And so they came out and they, these boys, they, they had on, uh, on this, this, this wonderful, like this, this red kind of wardrobe and they, they had all these beads and jewelry and they had spears in their hand and they were singing and chanting and dancing. And then when they were done, the, the, the chief of the village and also the pastor of the church in the village declared that they were men. I was like, that is so awesome. They came out there and danced and sang and said a few things and they were declared men. And then the chief pastor guy said, oh, that's not all they did. He said, the first thing that happened is when these boys came out, uh, we circumcised them. And he showed me this instrument that had two blades coming down like that. And he said, this is how we did it. And I, I was like, ooh, we, ooh, we, I'd have been a boy in that village for a long time. He's like, who want to be a man? Mm-mm. 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 Where my mama at? Mm-mm. I'm gonna be no man. So they were circumcised, and then they get two weeks to recover. 
And then they have to go out in groups of five. This is the continuation of the process of becoming a man. They have to go out and kill a lion. One boy uh, gets this thing called a lion tamer. It's this wooden instrument, and, and at the top of it, it's like real heavy, like, this, like, a, like a ball at the top of it, it's real heavy. Other four boys get a spear, and they go out, and they find the lion that is asleep. And the lions that are sleeping during the day are the male ones. So it's the female lion that goes out and does all the hunting and gets the food, brings it back. The guy eats up what he wants first and what is ever left over. It's for the children, just like in real life. Oh, so, so, um, so male lion, get the big piece of chicken. That's how I work. So they, so the, the reason they go up to a lion that's sleep to kill it is because after a male lion has eaten and gone to sleep, he's not as fast as he would normally be. So the boy with the lion tamer, his job is to wake the lion up. Now I'm trying to figure out why they just can't kill the lion when he sleep. That's the part I don't understand. He, the, 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 the chief pastor guy said it don't work that way. Why not? Why don't it? Why forth it not work that way? Pray tell. So the, so the, the boy with the lion tamer, he hits the lion and wakes the lion up. The other four boys jump out with spears and they, they kill the lion. If the first boy is still alive, they cut off the mane, put the mane around his neck. It represents the most bravery. They cut off the paws of the lion with the other four boys. They make a necklace with the paws and they go back. That's all that happened before I saw these boys dancing and singing. They had been circumcised and they, and they killed the lion. And I'm, and I'm, and you know, I'm looking at them, you know, now differently because I know they didn't kill the lion and I'm, you know, I believe in equal rights. So I'm like, what, what the girls do, what they do, what they kill a monkey, something, bring a giraffe foot back, do something. They should, they should do something too in my mind. But what I'm trying to tell you with this story is to get to the freedom of adulthood. There were, there's all these cultural customs put in place. That's what some of the Jewish Christians were saying in Galatians. They were saying, if you don't live out all of these cultural customs, you can't be righteous. The problem is there's nothing you and I can do to be righteous. You, you, you can't kill a lion into righteousness. See, because our freedom is about an inside promise, not an outside procedure. Oh, I wish y'all hear me. Our freedom is an inside promise, not an outside procedure. So, so, so your labor will never outdo God's love. See, it's not what you do that sets you free. It's what Christ did that set us free. So what we do now is in response to what Christ did because we can't do it in our own power. So how do we receive this freedom that Christ worked out for us? We repent because our freedom in Christ is not about what we're doing, but the things we're doing we need to repent of. Because you can't step into freedom without repentance. 
This kind of freedom that Christ provides, it calls all of us to repentance, to to go, what is it in my life that I need to repent of, stop doing, so that my life is more freely in alignment with God? And all of us have to wrestle with this. I know, we try to just look at the sins that we're not doing, or we try to create a top 10 sin list, and none of our sins get in the top 10 list. We try to take the sins we're doing and make them not as bad. But here's here's what's really crazy is we take the things that are enslaving us and we try to present them like they're freeing us. So we think we can do whatever we want to do with our body and that's power, that's freedom. But that could be objectifying your body, that could be putting your body in a place of victimization. And so we take our sexual ethics, we take our social ethics. We take our own ideologies and present them as power when they're really a plantation. I can do whatever I want to do with my body. It's power. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You keep doing that with your body. It's just exposing you as your body is on a plantation. Those people that say, oh, I can, I can stop smoking that tree whenever I want to. I mean, I don't do it all the time. I mean, I just do it. You know, it make, you know, it just calm me down. I, I can stop whenever I want to. Whenever I want to, I can stop. I can stop whenever, like you're talking about that like it's power. It's not power. That's your plantation. I, I don't, you know, I, I, I mean, I drink, but I don't drink, drink. You know, I mean, I, I have a little taste, but I don't like drinking it, drink, drink. No, you didn't. You already, you, you drunkity drunk, drunk. Your breath shouldn't smell like that at 10.30 a.m. We'll be right back. We'll be back to this podcast episode shortly, but we wanted to take this time to give you an opportunity to give. Why do we give? At Midtown, we believe that giving is both an act of worship and a command. And the psalmist says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So when we give, we're simply giving back to God what belongs to God in the first place. For those of you who give regularly, thank you. And if you're new around here, there's no obligation to give. We just encourage you to give however God is leading you. You can give digitally on our website or our app. But let's take a moment to pray right now. God, thank you that you have given us an opportunity to partner with you in the work that you want to do to display your goodness and your love to the world around us. So God, take this offering right now, multiply it, and use it for the good of your people and for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's get back to our podcast episode. (laughs) We're on the same page. We're on the same page. The, it, the, the, all of us, no reason to point at nobody else. All of us have to wrestle with what is it I need to repent of? And repent is not a moment. Repentance is a movement. Every day, every month, every year, what is it that God's trying to get out of me so I can be more like him? You, 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 see, you see what I'm saying? Don't present your plantation as your power. Secure your freedom in Christ. We're all broken. So let's just, so let's all heal together. We're all broken. We don't have to make categories of brokenness. You know, I mean, we, 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 we should be able to talk about whatever the categories of the brokenness are. 
We, we should be able to say if, if it's sexual immorality, that's what it is. If it's greed, that's what it is. If it's lying, that's what it is. If it's selfishness, that's what it is. Whatever it is, if it's in the heterosexual category or the homosexual category, there's brokenness in both categories. So, so all of us, matter of fact, why are we using the social structures of this world as our label? When you should be using your citizenship in Christ, your redemption in Christ, your freedom in Christ. Everybody got new identifications now. He, she, they, us, me, it, what? Call me what? Call you what? Yes. What? Yes. Call you what? Yes. When you should be called made in the image of God, deeply loved by God, gifted by God, redeemed by God, that's who you are. And if we start with what we really are, God will lovingly work out the rest. Because God don't want to shame you. God just wants to transform all of us. Secure your freedom. Point three, see those opposing your freedom. See those opposing your freedom. Galatians 5 verse 7, Paul says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? The kind of persuasion does not come, that, that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. God does not like people leading people astray, especially pastors. And there is a penalty to be paid for those who lead people astray and throw them into confusion, trying to put Christ's name on it. Brothers and sisters, verse 11, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. I didn't even know if I was supposed to read verse 12. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. My Lord, what in the... He's really, he's, he's really making it plain that it's not what you do on the outside. It's what Christ is doing on the inside. Um, Christ even talks about this in the Gospel of Matthew. The, the, in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, around chapter 5, I believe it is, uh, 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 G- Jesus says, uh, he, he puts it like this. He's like, if, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Is that what Jesus really means? No, Jesus is showing you if you want to live under the law, Pharisees and Sadducees, if you think you are righteous, well, let's really get real with it. It ain't just adultery, it's your lust. It it, it, it ain't just that you murdered somebody, it's the hate you have in your heart. So if you want to go by the law, whatever's causing you to sin, cut it off. Go ahead, do that. I'd rather have Jesus. Lord have mercy, I'd rather have Jesus. Because it's not what we're performing on the outside. It's what Christ perfected for us on the inside. And there are people that are opposing your freedom. That's what Paul's trying to show us. There are false teachers. There are people that don't want you to be really free. Sisters, there are forces and individuals that don't want you to be the empowered, freed woman that God has created you to be. 
People of color, there are forces in place and people that don't want you ever to realize the fullness of your power. You could go to every category, white males. There are forces that don't want you to ever know your true heritage, your true roots. They want you to just, they just want you in a category of you are racist and you can't do nothing about it. Can't do nothing about it. Shame on you. Shame on you. Sorry, Chad. Sorry. No, there's transformation for all of us in this room. Regardless of your skin color, regardless of your background, regardless of your gender, regardless of your ethnicity, regardless of your pain, there is freedom for everybody. In Christ Jesus, there's freedom for all, but there are some that are opposing us, trying to keep us from our freedom. And Paul says it's like a race. You got to stay in your lane. He said, who's trying to cut you out of your lane? That's how some people win races. They cut the person in front out of their lane. That's how they try to get you not to finish the race. There is a freedom race for you. Don't let anyone cut you out of your lane. Stay in your lane. You have a freedom race. Let me talk to you about your freedom race. It's not about pace. It's about perseverance. Don't, don't outpace yourself. It's about perseverance, your ability to keep running. Matter of fact, if it's about pace at all, you need to know this. Pastor Otis gave me this one after the first service. It's the pace of grace. Because if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be running the race no how. <laughs> you wouldn't even have a lane to run in if it wasn't for the creator of the universe. So it's about perseverance, not pace. It's not about how fast you run, but that you finish. Stay in your lane. Do you know how you keep from getting cut out of your lane? By knowing what you need to cut out of your life. <laughs> when you know the people that you need to cut out of your life, when you know the belief systems that you need to cut out of your life, when you know the things that you need to cut out of your life, you don't have to worry about somebody cutting you out of your lane. That's what I'm trying to tell you. See those opposing your freedom. As I close, sisters and brothers, I want you to know two things. One, I want you to know that right at the conclusion of this sermon, there will be brothers and sisters standing up here that want to pray for you. They want, they want to walk with you in your freedom journey, no matter where you are. They would like to pray the prayer of salvation with you so that you can start the road to freedom. You can receive your freedom, but your freedom Freedom is not just for you. Enslaved people enslave others, but free people free others. Let me tell you about Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman received her freedom. Yeah, she escaped the plantation of slavery and she could have just celebrated individually her freedom. I got mine, get yours. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. What's wrong with you? But she risked her life to create a dirt road GPS system <laughs> to get other people into freedom too. There's a man named George Lyle. He was a slave. 
his somehow miraculously his slave master allowed him to get a part-time job off the plantation. He used the money that he saved up to purchase his freedom, purchase his wife's freedom, purchase his children's freedom because freed fathers, ah, they parent freed children. <laughs> uh, freed spouses can, can, can influence the freedom of a spouse is what I'm trying to tell you. He used his freedom to gain the freedom of his wife and his kids. He could have stopped there and said, me and mine are free, but they planted the first African Baptist churches in this country, in Georgia, in South Carolina, so that other people could get free. They could have stopped right there. Eventually, George Lyle and his family went to Jamaica. They are the first missionaries from this nation to another country, and they saw more people set free in Christ. When you are free, if you're really free, you live a life that sets other people free. What are you doing with your freedom? When you leave this room, you're leaving here as free in Christ. When you go to work tomorrow, you're going to work as somebody set free in Christ. When you go to school this fall, you're going to school as a free student. Why don't you live out your free single life, your free womanhood, your free manhood, your free marriage, your free life? Get your free healing. Get your free empowerment. Get your free purpose live in the free love God has for you use the free gifts that God has given you use the free time that you still got on your hands Gino hit my music for tuning into Midtown Church. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast for weekly messages to stay rooted in the word and for a dose of hope, health, and healing in your life. Want to get more connected to Midtown Church? Just visit us online at midtownchurch.org.